majesty. We thank you for your coming to this earth uh, just for us. Lord God, without you, Lord God, where would we be? Without you, Lord God, we just would not have a leg to stand on. So, Father, we look to you because we know it is you is the place where our hope comes from. It is you where our help comes from, Lord God. Uh, so, Father, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds uh, to receive every uh, portion uh, that you have in store for us from your heart today. Lord God, do a work in us. We love you and we thank you. And we ask you all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Who can forget these words? To love you, comfort you, honor you, and keep you in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others as long as we both shall live. Who can forget those words? Uh, most couples who recite these words intend to keep them because of the love and the commitment that they profess when they pledge their life to another person. Couples plan to have a lifelong marriage when they say those words without interruption. Amen? That is the plan, that we don't want anything to interrupt this marriage of ours. Yet, real life, real life, can you say real life? Real life attempts again and again to interrupt every marriage, regardless of how well positioned we think that it is. So regardless of who you are, how long you've been in love, that life tries to uh, attack your marriage from the, we will have a successful marriage because we've known each other for a long time. I've heard that one. To the, God has brought that person into my life. Every marriage not wedding, right? There is a difference between uh, the, the marriage and the wedding. Can you say amen? And what we do, we try to prepare people for the marriage, right? Uh, the wedding is good, right? And it honors the Lord. But the, uh, mar the, the wedding is only a one point in time. Uh, but the marriage lasts a long time. So every marriage will go through the fire for testing to see how genuine it really is. Every marriage will go through the fire for testing to determine how genuine it really is. But what if that fire of testing begins before you say, I do? Ah, so uh, 
you are engaged, right? And then that fire of testing, now it enters into your fantasy world of we're going to get married one day. Uh, during that in engagement uh, uh, period of time, what do you do then before you say, I do? You quickly run away and say, no way in the world. Or do you begin to honor those vows that you are about to take? What do you do? I know some of you say, I know what I'd do because there's no way in the world. But these are some tough questions to answer because of the layers of confusion and emotions that are stacked one on top of the other. Uh, this is difficult. So let's think of Joseph. Joseph, Jesus' stepdad. Have you ever thought about Joseph as Jesus' stepdaddy? How was he able to process through those emotions? In fact, we could just simply turn on the dime here and ask the question, uh, was Joseph even necessary for the Christmas story in the first place? Because the bottom line is, Joseph, he appears, and then Joseph just disappears. Oh, we see Jesus. We even see Jesus' brothers and sisters. We see Jesus' mother Mary in the story, but somehow Joseph just disappears. So was Joseph even necessary for Christmas. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew 1, chapter 1, verse 18. Joseph's plans were devastated due to surprise and news. Surprise, 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 Joseph. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. It's amazing, no matter how many times I read that, I kind of chuckle. You know, she was found uh, to be pregnant. This is a very interesting word uh, because, you know, the word found is used in a general sense of the word found, but not uh, specifically uh, the word and how we think of it found comes to mind. In other words, when we think of the word found, we oftentimes think of, you know, I, I, I lost my keys, right? And then we go on a, a journey to try to find our keys. And then we say we found our keys because what? We have been looking for those keys. But this found here in this passage, verse 18, is one uh, that nothing was never lost. Joseph didn't lose a, 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 a pregnancy, a pregnant Mary. He didn't forget that she was 
pregnant and then say, oh, I remember, let me go find it now. No, uh, but, but instead, uh, Joseph uh, he somehow stumbled uh, unexpectedly on the fact that Mary was pregnant. Kind of reminds me of, they say that uh, Columbus, how he discovered or how he found America. These explorers were looking for something else, in fact, right? Uh, and then they unexpectedly came upon this land and they thought it was India. So therefore, they call the Native Americans, they call them Indians because they thought they were in India. So he found this land, but he found it because he wasn't even looking for it in the first place. They weren't looking for the Americas, but they found the Americas nevertheless. Also, as an example, look at Luke chapter 9, verse 36. At the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was seen with Elijah and Moses. After the, after the smoke cleared and the disciples hearing the voice of God, uh, the verse says this, again in Luke 9, 36. It says, and when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. Right? Were they looking for Jesus to be alone? No. Uh, in fact, were they looking for Jesus to be with anyone else? And the answer would be no, they weren't. But yet they found, they stumbled unexpectedly after the smoke had cleared that Jesus was no longer with Elijah, that Jesus was no longer with Moses, but now Jesus was alone. But we know that it was no surprise to Mary that she was pregnant because the Holy Spirit said, you know, Mary, uh, one day uh, you're going to find yourself pregnant. Amen? So it was not a surprise to her because the angel Gabriel had, had told her that it would happen. But to Joseph, to find out uh, that your woman was pregnant uh, with another's child. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? Total shocker. Because he would not have married a woman who was pregnant with another man's child. Would you, guys? Frankly, I don't know many men that would go through marrying a woman after finding out news like this. Let me be honest, I don't know many men that would go that would say, yeah, okay, I'll take this. This news was devastating for Joseph, I'm sure, as he needed to process whether or not Mary was being truthful. Uh, uh, Joseph tells Mary, Mary, I, I, I see that you are pregnant. And Mary says, yes. Uh, I am pregnant, and it's the Holy Spirit that got me pregnant, Joseph. And I can see Joseph saying, oh, really now? The Holy Spirit? Come on. You can think of something better than that. In the mind of Joseph, uh, I, I can just imagine, Scripture doesn't tell us, I, I can imagine him saying to himself uh, that Mary, she got to be crazy. Why would I want to hook up with her? Because she is out of her mind. 
And again, according to Scripture, Scripture does not tell us how Joseph found out. It doesn't tell us that. All we know is that he found out that she was pregnant. And obviously the Lord doesn't think it's important enough for us to discover how Joseph found out. The important thing is that he found out that she was pregnant. So a special kind of man was necessary for this special kind of arrangement. Amen? A special man. Would you not say that a special man is needed for a special situation like this? Verse 19, Matthew chapter 1. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Oh, there it is, right? So he finds out that she, in his mind, that she's saying this, uh, this is of God, but in his mind, said, this can't be a God. Give me a break, girl. Uh, yeah, this can't be of God. Uh, so therefore, he says, you know what? But I still like you enough that I don't want to shame you in front of everybody else. So given the information we have is reason enough, again, for any man to cry file and refuse to be with a woman who was with child claiming not to have been with another man. Come on, that doesn't even make sense to me. Sounds very fishy. Imagine if it were to happen to you. What would be your response as a man? I'm like, come on now, give me a break. But it says again that Joseph was a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. And to be just meant he followed God's word. There it is, uh, right? You know, uh, Job was also considered to be a just and a righteous man. There's no one like him on the face of the earth, according to what Scripture says, according to what God said about Job. Now, a Scripture is telling us that Joseph was also a just man. That meant that he followed God's word, tooth and nail, uh, that he was there, he would do what was right, and he would shun what was wrong. He had, didn't want anything to do with doing the wrong things. And he could have been in his rights because he obviously knew uh, enough about the word of God, about the law, that uh, he would have been in his right to bring her before the religious authorities, resulting in, you know, Joseph, you know, at that time, if you uh, call yourself wanting to marry a girl, one of the things you had to do was to pay a dowry to the parents. Amen? Uh, man, what, what happened, Right? What happened? I wish they would have reinstituted during my time. I mean, after I got married, right? Right. Uh, so, so, so the father uh, of the bride, uh, you know, he was expecting a gift from uh, the man who wanted to marry his daughter. So if this were to happen, one of the first things that Joseph could have done is say, you know what, uh, 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 Mr. Mary, I want my money back. Give me my money back. Your daughter is pregnant. He could have done that. Or 
He could have said, after he's taken him to the religious authorities, and they probably would have told them like they did the woman in, in I think, John uh, chapter 8, okay, since she has been unfaithful, let's pick up a bunch of rocks and let's stone her to death. You see, those were the options for Mary. Joseph was right. He knew his rights according to what the word of God says, according to the law. But maybe he was just feeling sorry for her. Maybe he just really just liked her. Have you ever liked a person enough that even when they did wrong, you didn't want to just go ahead and just throw all the salt into the womb? Have you ever been in that place before in your life? You just, you know what? You know, I know they did wrong and they may have done me wrong, but you know what? You know, later, let me just, let me just walk away. There has to be something special in a person to not want to embarrass another even when they were in a position of almost being embarrassed themselves. But imagine for a moment uh, what would have been going through Mary's mind. How could she explain this sensational pregnancy to her family and friends now? She'd go back to her, her, her mother and her father and say, look, Daddy and Mama, I'm pregnant. They said, by who? The Holy Spirit? They're like, come on now, Mary. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, knocked me up, you know, so to speak, right? Uh, and, 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 and Mary said, yeah, this is true. And her parents said, no, no, that can't be. Who would believe a story like that? And also from Mary's standpoint, who would want a woman who was not only pregnant illegitimately, but also made up stories about it. So you probably have not had, would not have had the support of your family and then not the support of the very man that you were about to marry. Where do you go? Where do you turn? Can you imagine what's going through Mary's mind? So if Joseph were to accept her after that, then this would broadcast to the world about his character. What kind of man? would do that. He would not only be the right man for her, but also Joseph would be the right man to raise that child. The man to raise baby Jesus could not be crazy in the head, y'all. The man to raise baby Jesus uh, could not be wishy-washy. A just man was definitely necessary for Christmas without a doubt, so that the baby could be raised in the right kind of environment. Every man who hears what I am saying needs to sit up and take note to this. Every man needs to ask themselves, if I were alive during those days, and if God called me to, be, uh, to, to marry Mary, would I be a good candidate to raise the Savior in my house? Would you be a good stepdad to baby Jesus, guys? Would you have been just and unwilling to put Mary to shame because of what you didn't know? But I would like to acknowledge every man who has taken the full responsibility to raise another man's child. Amen? I am not sure if you have ever been thanked for what you decided to do and the responsibility that you have taken on, but I want you to know that you are thought of very highly by the Lord. Amen?
If you decided to do that, that God thinks very highly of you because uh, face it, you know, you don't want, uh, ladies, you don't want any old schmo to raise your kids. You want someone who's going to be honorable, respectable. So uh, in this story today, I pray you may find part of the story of your life. This is you, and we honor you today for your sacrifice. Why? Because you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. You could have moved on. Uh, you could have found uh, uh, another woman that didn't have any kids, but yet you chose this woman. Why? Because obviously something inside of you, uh, God was, was bringing up, causing to rise to the surface. Something inside of you said that I'm going to be the father to this child, that I'm going to raise this child. Uh, you are just, you are right before God. Any old man could not raise that child. All of this runs deep into the character of the person who would be necessary for the Christmas narrative. In fact, this is not unlike parents who discover their child may be born with some type of illness or physical dysfunction. What type of parent or what type of mother and father would it take to raise a child such as that? While we know that Christmas is about the advent and the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth, we should also understand that the lessons taught by the Lord are not limited to the birth of Christ. Amen? So even though he was unwilling to put Mary to shame due to her condition, he still wanted to divorce her. Amen? He would decide that he would divorce her quietly, without a lot of noise. As a just man, Joseph could have held on to the letter of the law and insisted that Mary be brought forward due to what he thought was her sin. But running in his heart was also God's compassion and mercy. Amen? And make sure, ladies, that you find a man who has compassion and mercy. Can you say amen to that? Now, does this weigh in on his character or not? Well, it does in that he was not going to make a big deal out of it by publishing the fact that Mary was pregnant in the Bethlehem Times. Another man would have tried to let everybody know what happened to him. Uh, they, would, they probably would say, hey, man, I, I thought she was getting married to Mary. What happened? Man, let me tell you about her. Man, when we got ready to get married, I found out she her stomach poking out and stuff like that. I'm like, is you pregnant? Is you pregnant? How you, how you get pregnant, girl? And she's like, Mm, mm, mm. Uh, 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 God is just my baby daddy. Uh, uh, what do you mean the Lord is your baby daddy? What, what do you mean? That don't even make sense, girl. Uh, how you go? So she tried to pump me, and man, I got so I got so mad at her. I was ready to go off, and I'm telling you, she ain't no good. She's this, she's that, and she's other. And I tell everybody, stay away from her as long as you live, because she's nothing but kryptonite, and she is nothing but nuclear waste. And and I'm going to tell you, man, I don't want nothing to do with her. See? That's what some men would do. Because that's hard. Because right when you thought that you picked the right woman and she comes up with some mess like this, talking about uh, God said that she's going to have a, a, a God baby. 
felt like he was done wrong. It then becomes more about him than about what was going on with the woman. And some men could have said, you ain't going to treat me like this, girl. And I don't care what the Bible says. Because I'm going to let you know what I think of this pregnancy. But what they're trying to say in all that language is, I'm really hurt. You hurt me. And I don't know how to deal with it. That's what they're, that, that's what they're really saying. I don't know how to deal with this. You can be hurt as a man, but you can also respond to negative circumstances in a way that honors God, all while operating in the grace of God. Joseph's obedience to the Holy Spirit made him necessary to this Christmas narrative. We all face those moments in life when we must decide to walk in obedience or not. Now, as I've said before, when we preach Jesus Christ crucified, we're not preaching for the sake of morality. Our goal is not simply to get people to do the right things on a consistent basis. That's not at the heart of what we're doing. Our hope is that uh, people will come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then as a result of giving their life to Jesus Christ, then they would live and they would do the right things in response to the one they said that they love. Our goal is to present Jesus Christ as Savior and as the only hope for this world. And this is the most critical piece. We desire for people to be saved after having confessed their sinfulness to the Lord and accept the redeeming work of Christ. Yet Joseph, right here it is, was obedient to a mission that was difficult. Unlike others who heard the call of the Lord and did the opposite thing. Remember Jonah? Remember God called Jonah, Jonah, you need to go to Nineveh. Uh, Jonah, he didn't say no, Lord, did he? He didn't say no, Lord, I ain't doing a thing. He didn't say any of that. What did he do? He got up, he packed his bags, he got on a ship to go in the opposite direction. That's what Jonah did. He didn't say no, Lord, I'm not going to do it. He just got up and did the opposite thing. It's like Balaam the prophet also, who had, uh, in, in the book of Numbers, who God had told him, do not curse the children of Israel, but after he was manipulated, he decided to curse them anyway, and then he was faced uh, with uh, a, a warrior of the Lord, we believe to be a Christophany, a Jesus Christ, which he was standing in front of, uh, that uh, God confronted him about his decision. So the Lord needed to lead Joseph because Joseph needed to lead the family. The Lord needed to lead Joseph because Joseph needed to lead the family. Matthew 1, verses 20 through 23. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph carefully thought about this complex situation and what needed to happen. 
There was no easy way out of this because this woman is now carrying a child uh, that is not his, but the God child. Well, not the God child, but the God child. We saw at the end of verse 19, again, that Joseph decided to divorce Mary. But what would happen to a woman who had a child out of wedlock during those days? Uh, very quickly, turn with me to Genesis chapter 38. Genesis 38, beginning in verse 24. Genesis 38, beginning in verse 24. And it says here. This is a story about uh, Judah. This is the person Judah, one of the sons of Jacob or Israel, uh, who he had impregnated a woman he thought was a prostitute. It says here in verse 24, about three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has been immoral. Moreover, she is pregnant by immorality. So when Judah found out, it says here, and Judah said, bring her out and let her be what? Burn up. Burn up. Right? Burn her, burn her, burn, baby, burn. Verse 25, as she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law. By the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. And she said, please identify whose these are, the signet and the cord and the staff. Then Judah identified them and said, she is more righteous than I, since I did not give her to my son, Shelah, and he did not know her again. In other words, those belonged to Judah, so Judah was the one who impregnated his daughter-in-law. So you see, and there's a long story behind that. Uh, I don't have time to get into that, uh, but there's some promises that he made he didn't do that he should have kept uh, that had to do with the family line. Uh, so she knew this, and he was going to leave her hanging out there. So she developed, devised her own plan to make this thing happen. So this is what ended up happening at the end of the day. You see, the initial response was to have her burned for being immoral. But when it was discovered that Judah was the father, and uh, how uh, they uh, now the now the situation it kind of turned right. So uh, when it's somebody uh, that you don't know, a lot of times you don't want you don't want any grace, right? You don't want to extend any grace. No, you know what? Go ahead. Let's go ahead and then take care. Let's put them in jail. Let's do this to them. But when you find out somebody that you know, and then when you find out that you were involved, now all of a sudden, let's have grace. Right? So the thing is that we need to operate in grace all the time. Amen? Very interesting. Yeah, I just have I have so many interesting encounters. Uh, yesterday I was uh, I was I was downtown, and a uh, and this woman she was looking. I was walking in, in the lobby of this hotel, and uh, on the way uh, uh, break from from a performance, I was just walking. I had a glass of water in my hand. I'm walking. The lady she's staring at me, and I just you know I just kept walking. Right. And then when I came back, she grabbed me. I'm like, and I looked at her. I'm like, you know. You know, this, this stuff only happens to me, right? So she grabs me, right? And she says, I know you. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, I don't know you. 
I'm, so, I'm sorry, I don't know you. She said, I've seen you somewhere. I said, yeah, you could have seen me uh, a, a million different places. Well, hey, well, nice to see you. That's what I do. I had nice to see you. And she's like, no, she grabs her. Well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then she starts talking. And then all of a sudden, guess what? She starts having a theological discussion with me about the prosperity. She wants to know about the prosperity gospel, the gospel of grace, and the gospel of healing, all of that. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I mean, we're out in, out in the open and things like that. And I'm talking to her. I'm like, wow, this, this should be pretty interesting, right? So I'm trying to walk. And I say, you know what? I just don't have time. As a matter of fact, I'm late <laughs> trying to get back where I need to go now, right? She's like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can you at least pray for me? So she wanted, she wanted to find out about grace, right? And she wanted to find out about grace because she was living a life of condemnation. So she was trying to find out, you know, who I was, and I told her, I'm a pastor and I'm a musician as well. She said, well, that's why I've seen you. I know I've seen you in church somewhere. Come to find out, yeah, she did see me somewhere. And it was actually true, but I, I've never seen her before. But in any case, uh, so I end up telling her about there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And she starts smiling her face, but she was living a condemned life. She needed to know about God's grace. Amen. The problem, of course, it was more involved here with this concerning Judah. One person getting with another person, but the focus uh, uh, for our purpose is all the same. When a woman had a child out of wedlock, again, was not viewed, she was not viewed in a positive light. It's very interesting, just this past, this past week, this past week, I, I, I read an article uh, and it was published about uh, uh, kind of a small town, and there was a, uh, this guy, he was running for office, a uh, political office, and he was running against this woman. So he took out, I think he took out an ad in a newspaper, and an ad, and an ad in a newspaper, would you believe that this man called this woman a whore? So she decided to sue him. They went to court, and this is what the judge said. He said, according to the official, uh, his official definition of whore, that, you know, she qualifies as a whore because she had a son out of wedlock. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Because, uh, number one, the word whore uh, today not only describes that situation, it also can des describe a prostitute. It also can des describe a man, right? It can describe a lot of different situations. So how can that judge rightfully make that determination? Anyone, in fact, uh, a whore can mean anyone who engages in sex for money, like a prostitute. So it has this wide array of meaning. But yet this person, you know, uh, the judge is one thing. Uh, now, now we see why we need to pray for these individuals. Because in my eyes, that's just wrong. In my eyes, that's just wrong. You mean to tell me you want, you want to be in political office so much that you want to denigrate another person to that degree? To me, you disqualified yourself because you're willing to do all that against another person so that you can become whatever you want to become. So we see that this is a concern for Mary and it lies hidden in scripture. And while we know the immaculate conception was of the Lord, people are not so understanding. 
People can take a good thing and based on their limited understanding or lack of desire to know, uh, turn things into a state of affairs of full chaos. We would agree that God knows the hearts and the mind of all people, so surely the Lord would intervene in a case where Jesus would be born to become the redeemer of the entire world. Ladies, again, God is concerned about who you would like to raise your children with you. So if you don't want a fool as a father to your children, then leave the fools alone. Amen? Did I say that right? Did I get that right? Ladies, so if you don't want a fool to raise your children, then don't mess with the fools. You see, after a while, you, you, you keep on messing with God, God is going to let you do what you want to do anyway. Right? Won't God do that? God will let you do. You say, well, well, uh, this is, I, I think he's right. Or guys, I think she's right. You, you better leave them crazy people alone. Amen? Well, maybe I shouldn't say that, right? You know, you're people that are not right for you. There we go. Right? That's a better way to say it. You better leave the people that are not right for you alone. Some people get it wrong, uh, those who think that God forces you to make certain decisions. God is not going to force you to make any decision, never. But he will allow you to choose between the good and the not so good. We all have choices to make on a regular basis, and the Lord desires that our knowledge of him will guide us through the process. Mary needed a man who would be her husband who would listen to God and take care of a child that was not his. There needed to be a man who would spiritually steward this family. Ladies, did you marry a guy that can spiritually steward your family? Guys, did you marry a woman who could spiritually steward your family? If a lady ever came across a man like this, then ladies, you found yourself a good man. Find yourself a Joseph man. Ladies, if you don't know, look for Joseph. No, I didn't say look for Joseph, right? Because Joseph is already taken, right? Uh, look for a Joseph man. A Joseph kind of character, right? Uh, you you, you want to have that kind of character. That's the kind of man that you want to look for. Be on the lookout for that kind of man. You know, all that bling, I, I've, seen it, I, I've seen it time and time again. Can you say amen? Right? I, I've seen it time and time again how much that uh, when I was in certain, when I was a lot younger, and sometimes some of the ladies that go out with these bad guys, I mean, they were so bad. And I, I got to tell you, I used to be so jealous. I mean, this guy, and I, I know these, I said, this guy is no good. And you mean tell me you want to hook up with him? I, I don't even get it. This guy, no good. And then you turn around 20, 30 years later, and you say, ooh. Dodged a bullet on that one. Thank you, Lord, right? Uh, you, 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 you're really, really happy now, right? You're really, really happy, so you have to look at the character. Uh, ladies, look at the character of the guy. Uh, guys, look at the character of the lady. Find out who they are. You're not in love with a person you only known for a week. Amen? Uh, if you only known the person for one week, you ain't in love. You were in lust. Who ever thought this come out of a Christmas story? 
So Joseph was being led by God in his sleep, ultimately. He went to sleep. He was, he was, I'm going I'm I'm to divorce Mary. I'm getting rid of this. I'm getting rid of her. I'm going to do it quietly. But I'm getting rid of she. Mary got to go, got to go, got to go, go, go. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm telling you, know what? I'm going to do it quietly. I ain't going to publish it everywhere, right? But Mary got to go. So he had a dream. Verse 24, Matthew 1, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name. What did he call his name? Right, and while we're at, let's go ahead and I just want to read this passage very quickly. Verse, let's start at verse 20, please. Matthew 1, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So this is while he was asleep in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, right? Which means God with us, right? And we just, we read that. So now Joseph, he was up, and now he decided to obey God. He was in the dream. So sometimes when you have dreams, do you know that God may be directing you? God may be directing you in a dream. Don't, don't just think that's, you know, uh, just because people who are crazy, they talk crazy stuff, that uh, that stuff is only for crazy people. God operates in all types of ways, and you have to be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you need help in determining what's right and what is of God and not, that's a different story. Because all dreams are not of God, amen? Some of that mess y'all, come on now, some of that mess y'all dreaming about ain't got nothing to do with God and everything to do with the devil, amen? You be running and getting to all kind of stuff. It's funny, I was telling someone the other day, the other day I had a dream that I actually uh, went to sleep in it. I went to sleep in my dream. It was crazy, I'd never experienced that before. I went to sleep in my dream. I woke up from my dream in a dream, and then I woke up from my dream in which I was dreaming. It was crazy. So others may doubt your decisions because they can't comprehend what it means to walk by faith. Right? When God tells you to do something, other people, they don't understand why you... Joseph, why would you marry this woman? I'm your daddy, boy. Uh, you, you, you bet not marry her. Don't marry Mary. You need to get another woman. But only Joseph knew how God was dealing with him. And you must know how God is dealing with you when it's time to make a decision. No one can determine that for you except for you, not even me. But you must be close enough to God to know when he's speaking and when he's not. Your decision will not make, this, make sense to other folks. Therefore, the favor you have been granted in other areas of your life may begin to disappear, causing you to doubt whether or not God has called you to such a task such as this. It may get hard before it gets easier. I mean, come on, we know that, yeah, Joseph, he stayed with Mary, but they had to run, didn't he? Then they have to run. They couldn't stay where they are. They had to go where? They had to go where? They had to go down to Egypt. Like, wait a minute. God, you didn't, tell me, you didn't tell me all this in a dream. 
right? That this is going to be little Jesus, right? Little Emmanuel, little God. You tell me that I was going to have to run too? Imagine if God was to tell you all the stuff you were going to experience before you actually started your journey. Do you think you would end up doing it? Probably not. But he decided to cast all caution to the wind and take Mary to be his wife. Can you say hooray? I say hooray. Good for Joseph. Joseph was necessary for Christmas. Not in a redemptive sense, that's only for Jesus, but as a crucial part of the story. Nevertheless, he was a man of stellar and godly character who cared about the Lord and cared about his woman. I like that in Joseph. He is therefore a man all men should aspire to become and a man all women should desire. <laughs> At this point, Joseph was not asking himself, how do I feel about this? Instead, he was asking, what is the right thing to do? Trust me, your feelings will keep changing, but the truth and right actions will reverberate throughout history. So was Joseph necessary for Christmas? I say yes. Right? That type of man was necessary for Christmas because he had to be the person who could steward uh, the family of Mary and of Jesus and the other kids that ultimately came around. He was necessary. So I want to encourage you today, men, encourage you today, women, to look at Joseph in a different light, to know that it was hard, but he was the right person. He was still an average person. He was not a superhero. He was still the right person for the job. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you.